Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. We're continuing in James uh, chapter 2, our series in Grace uh, in Action. Uh, And today we're going to see that, again, James is lovingly, uh, but really strongly, uh, challenging the Jerusalem church uh, to have faith uh, that works, uh, faith that works. Uh, James is calling his church to really an audit of their faith. Uh, and I want to invite us, a Hope Church, to do uh, the same uh, today. Uh, friends, this is this is really important for us. And uh, here's why. I really believe, I really believe that uh, this is a key time we're entering into as a church. And I don't just mean um, Hope Church, Harrogate. I mean the global, the global church. Uh, I really believe we're entering a, a unique period uh, of, of great opportunity. Uh, clearly, the whole world is, is emerging from this crisis, from a destabilizing, from a, a shaking of the foundations. And I believe that God is positioning his church to have this far-reaching impact for the kingdom of God. A far reach that that is not just uh, going to shore things up, but shape things new. And I believe God wants to shape whole nations in new ways. I, I believe God wants to shape people groups in new ways. Uh, I believe he wants to shape cultures in new ways, in a kingdom way. And Hope Church, we believe that we have a part to play in that. Uh, we believe that God's calling us to have a big reach for Jesus out of our homes, out across our communities, a big reach for him out across our nation, and indeed a big reach out across the nations. You know, it's a biblical thing. It's in our prophetic history as a church here at Hope. It's in our DNA of the culture that we have in this church. But if we're to be a church with a big reach for God, we must be a church that has an authentic faith worked out in action. Our faith must produce fruit. And so I want to encourage us to come on an audit of our faith today in preparation for what we believe God is doing at this time. And, you know, as I've considered my own faith during the ups and downs of COVID this year, because it's not been easy, I found myself asking big questions like, well, what do I really believe? Is my faith that deep? What have I built my faith on? Am I really willing to, to follow Jesus wherever he goes, whatever the cost? Hard questions. And probably the one that I've been wrestling with most recently is this. Do my actions really match what I say I believe and friends thank God for grace thank God for all we've been reminded of in the worship this morning because I've noticed that COVID has been a great um, revealer of areas where God wants to to work in my heart you know I've noticed for example things like I haven't consistently loved some people in the way I act towards them even though I believe God calls and equips me to love them why is that other times I've noticed that you know I can really easily preach the message of the cross on a Sunday, yet often I'm afraid to tell someone outside the church on the Monday the same message. Why does that happen? I I notice uh, that, that although I believe Jesus gave up everything for me, I notice I find it easier to give him my money rather than my time. Why, why does that happen? What I call my faith, what I say I believe, doesn't always work out, it seems, in my actions. Do you know what I mean? And this is where I really miss being with with you in the same room because I could really do with knowing right now that it's not just me that struggles with a disconnect between what I say I believe sometimes 
and what am I actually doing? Does, does anyone else recognize that? Or is it just me? Uh, we're going to read in a moment um, a really famous verse in James that says, faith without action is dead. And friends, God's plan is not for us to have dead faith. God's plan is for us to have faith that is alive. Faith is meant to go hand in hand with action. It's like a hand that fits inside a glove. The two are meant to go together. Faith is meant to be worked out in action. They're meant to be inseparable. Now, James is going to help us understand what that really means. Uh, so let's read uh, James 2, 14 to 26. Uh, here we go. James 2, 14 to 26. So what good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but has no deeds. Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, hey, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, brother, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. What James is doing here, he's created this imaginary person to have an argument with, just to make his point. So someone, someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. You foolish person. Remember, he's talking to this imaginary person. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Now, in the next two slides, we're going to see him introduce two Old Testament characters uh, to make his point as examples of faith that works. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when we offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see, that person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, here's the second person, in the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodgings to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Okay, on first glance, this sounds like a really tough passage, right? Uh, uh, especially that verse 17 and 26 where James says faith by itself if not accompanied by action is dead faith without deeds is dead ouch like what is James saying here well let me start and make it really clear in case you haven't picked it up already this morning in our worship by making sure you hear what James is not saying and this is so important to hear uh, what James is not saying that your salvation he is not saying that your salvation is gained by works or by your actions, or by earning favor with God somehow through what you do. And this is, this is such good news. So listen in. Hey, guess what? If you're a tired parent right now, you're absolutely exhausted, and your prayer life exists only of, ah, make sure you hear this truth. Or if you're uh, uh, feeling guilty this morning about your lack of quiet times with God, then know this is true. If you feel like you've messed up this week, or you've been a horrid person and you're trying to tell yourself that, hey, God must think I'm a rubbish Christian, then make sure you understand this truth. Make sure you get this, friends. Your salvation is not earned 
by what you do. So please let God's words remind you of this again. Jump with me real quick uh, to Titus uh, 3, verse 5. Uh, look what it says. God saved us by doing, by what we did, all the good things we did. Oh no, it doesn't say that, does it? It says God saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. What about Ephesians 2, 8 and 9? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. Friends, Jesus did everything. He did everything needed to save us at the cross. It was all a gift. We didn't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. We are saved by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Can I, can I get some feedback? Because it's really quiet on my side that this has landed. Have I made it clear that we're saved by grace alone? Someone write grace in the chat if, you've, if that's landed. Someone write grace. You can do it on YouTube as well. I've got the YouTube uh, channel open here as well. If you're on YouTube and you want to write grace in the comments, I'd love to see you interacting. That's it. It's coming through on the Zoom. Grace. We're saved by grace. We're saved by grace here at Hope Church. All right. Fantastic. So when James, thanks for entertaining me and joining in. I feel you now. So when James says here, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, is dead. He is not preaching a different gospel, friends. He's not preaching salvation by works. What he is saying is this. If your heart, if your heart belongs to Jesus Christ, your heart will bear fruit. Real faith has fruitful actions. That's the natural response over time. Over time, your hearts that have been won by Jesus will bear fruitful actions. Because when you realize what Jesus has done for you, when you realize that the love that took him to the cross, when you realize the magnitude of what Christ crucified means, think about it, Christ, the anointed one, God himself, think about that. God allowing himself to be crucified, to be treated like a common criminal to save us. God loved the world so much that he was willing to rescue us by giving us his son in that way, that if we believe in Jesus, we have eternal life. All that is his is now ours. We marvel at the magnitude of what we have in Jesus. Our friends, the only fitting response is, Jesus, I want to worship you with my whole life. Jesus, I want to give you everything, follow you with everything. Jesus, I want to joyfully follow and obey you. You are my joy, my delight, the greatest treasure. That is the only response. Do you see, our actions are the fruit of our faith, not the source of our salvation. Our actions are the fruit of our faith, not the source of our salvation. And James gives us in this passage two examples of people who had faith that worked, Abraham and Rahab. Two really different people from the Old Testament and God had planted faith in their hearts and it bore fruit. They both believed. They really both believed that God was who he said he was. And their actions spoke of that faith. Their actions were the fruit of that saving faith. Let's have a look at Rahab, first of all. Uh, she's a woman of the city of Jericho. And you can read about it if you want in the story of Joshua chapter 2. And it's in that story that she hid Joshua's spies. And they're scoping out the city, being sneaky-beaky, and she hid them in her house and she helps them escape. Many of us will know that story. Well, how do we know that she had real saving faith? Because Rahab had faith at work. 
She didn't close the door when the spies came knocking. She opens the door. She welcomes the spies in. And in doing so, she opens the door to God's purposes and plans for her heart, for her life. Literally, she's welcoming God into her world. And it's faith that works. Abraham, he does the same in Genesis 22. He believed God in his heart. He trusted God with his only son, Isaac. And he was willing to obey God, to act and to offer a costly sacrifice. He was trusting God that the promise that he'd made him, that his family would, would become more numerous than the stars. It was faith that works. We know the end of the story. God comes through and is faithful and provides that lamb in place of Isaac. Rahab believed and welcomed God's people in. Abraham believed and was willing to live a life of sacrifice and worship. It's faith that works. And you can't separate the two. It's faith that works together. But there's a danger, friends. And I think particularly in our culture right now, it's a, it's a culture where we celebrate the accumulation of knowledge, right? And the danger is, is that we can think that knowing who Jesus is or just learning more about him is the same as having or growing in our faith in Jesus. Listen, friends, you can know Jesus is the son of God, but it won't save you. You can even agree that Jesus died and rose again, but it won't save you. Because intellectual agreement, just understanding who Jesus is, is not real faith. Friends, faith is not merely an intellectual exercise. If you look at Romans uh, Romans 9, uh, sorry, Romans 10, verse 9, it says this, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We see both faith and works in that verse. We believe in our heart, it's a heart thing, and then we act on that faith by worshipping him with our words. Jesus is Lord. It's faith and works. Now, James, he hammers this home for us in verse 19. And he says, hey, even the demons believe that in Jesus. Yeah, do you know demons know who Jesus is? Uh, later, go and have a read of Mark chapter 5. And you can read there about a demon confronted by Jesus. And he declares to Jesus that Jesus is the son of God. But a demon will never choose to do what Rahab did and open the door and welcome Jesus in as Lord. A demon will never choose to offer a sacrifice of worship to Jesus Christ. It's just terrifying knowledge to them. James is saying, just believing isn't enough. It's about faith that works. So how do we respond to a message like this? Well, it starts by recognizing where we're at. And firstly, let me just speak to those of us who've already given our lives to Jesus. Uh, Listen, your salvation is not at risk, okay? You are saved by grace. But if we notice that there is a lack of fruitful action flowing from our faith, that's a really good sign that perhaps we've slipped into uh, just engaging intellectually rather than responding to God's grace in our hearts. And you may want to do what I've had to do this week. And I've just been reflecting on like Ella's great preach last week on mercy. Wasn't it, wasn't it a cracker? Just really stirred and motivated by it. And, but I've had to check myself, like, do I see any action, any fruit in my life as a result of what I heard seven days ago? Am I marveling at the God who showed me mercy? 
has that motivated me to act with mercy instead of judgment towards others this week? Did I joyfully and willingly do what I said I would do in question three of the breakout room last week? Or was it just an intellectual exercise for me? Because friends, I don't want any area of my life, any area of my faith to grow off sideways in some weird direction that as James puts it is just useless. No, I wanna have faith that's alive. How about you? Do we want our faith to be mature? Do we want our faith to be made complete? Do we want to be transformed day by day to be more like Jesus? Of course we do. We want to welcome him. We want to worship him to be to, to play our big part, our part in his big plan. So let's let's welcome him in our hearts, not just our heads. Secondly, let me speak to those who've never welcomed Jesus into their life. And so good to have you with us. We just love having you with us, friends. And I sense, I really sense for some of you that you've never invited Jesus to be Lord of your life, but you know, Jesus has been speaking to you. And you can sense, even as I'm talking now, you can sense his love for you right now. He's calling you, it's him speaking to you. And he wants you to respond. And I think you know that you wanna respond to that and you wanna act on what you believe because it's real faith. And if that's you, I just wanna encourage you like you can open the door of your heart to him this morning and he'll come in. He's waiting. Why don't you invite Jesus into your life? Just say, Jesus, you're welcome. And if that's you, we'd love to connect with you after we finish today. You can either send me a private message in the Zoom chat if you're with us in the Zoom room. Uh, if not, um, if you're on YouTube, then uh, whether you're live or later on, you can do the same by just listening to the end and we'll remind you how you can connect with us uh, uh, through, through, through YouTube. We'll remind you as we close. But wherever you find yourself, wherever we find ourselves uh, in this audit of faith this morning, I wanna just remind us of this just before we finish. Let this be how we respond to Jesus at the end of this time. Look at Hebrews 12 too. <laughs> Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, Jesus is the one who perfects our faith, not you or me. Jesus is the one who's done it all, not you or me. Jesus is the one who's endured the cross, not you or me, but we are the reason he does all that. You and I are his joy. He loves us. He did all that for us. We're his joy. So friends, don't focus on the works first. Let's focus on Jesus first. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Friends, we're going to go to our uh, breakout rooms and uh, respond together just in a moment. Jesus, we thank you. You are with us by your spirit. Jesus, thank you for reminding us this morning so powerfully in your worship, in the worship, just that you are the God of grace. You're the God that breaks every chain. And Jesus, we worship you now. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you are the giver of good things and you give us uh, faith and we can come to you and ask for more. And so Jesus, we just ask right now that you would plant in every one of our hearts uh, a fresh understanding of the 
breadth and width and height and depth of your love for us. And Father, you would put fresh, deep faith that grows to action. Lord, we want to be a people that worship you in all we do. We want to be a people who follow you with all we are. So Jesus, we say we love you. Holy Spirit, help us now as we as we respond together. Come and speak. <laughs> Thank you, Lord.